Match day 16 in the books. We have a new leader. Liverpool score a come-from-behind victory at Selhurst Park, taking all three points. Meanwhile, league leaders Arsenal fall at Villa Park, vaulting Villa all the way up to one point behind Arsenal for second place. How about that? Elsewhere, Chelsea and United are thrashed and embarrassed at the weekend. Man City squeak out a win against Luton. And Tottenham are back to winning ways. All that and everything else for Match Day 16. This is the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Back again for the 119th time. Back again for the 119th time we've had to watch Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace disappoint us. Roy Hodgson. And you might say, you might say, yeah, you might say, well, there's Patrick Vieira mixed in there. And I say, yeah, well, before this podcast existed, there's still Roy Hodgson ball at Palace, so. Isn't that crazy? I think episode one we had to deal with Roy Hodgson at Palace. Episode one nineteen, Sam. History Palace. and time. It's it's a circle, Sam. It is a circle. Nothing Palace. changes. We're in a dark spot in those days. And they're, they're still in a dark, in the dark spot, spot today. It is funny looking back how we talked about how it was such a big summer for Palace that one year, with the Vieira and them relying on Gallagher and stuff like that. And that was their like best year. <laughs> since they've been up for like a decade everything that other than that's been like bleh well let's get to this one Sam that's right Crystal Palace Liverpool first game of the week starts off Liverpool as you would expect dominating possession not too surprising there Crystal Palace they are allergic to possession themselves it must be yeah I mean, especially, they're just like, I don't know, some, like, even the lineups that they're rolling with these days, like, that that midfield, I get that you want to set up defensive, it was Lerma, Will Hughes, Chris Richards, a midfield with an attack of Ayu, Schlupp, and Edward. Like, you didn't even start Elise. You didn't even start him, Sam. Yeah, you have, like, one attacking player <laughs> there. You have Ayu and Schlupp, who are, like, supportive attacking yeah. players yeah they're like kind of more pressing attacking players and stuff but yeah i mean this this is just this kind of you know the first half was a mixed bag 
to say the least. Liverpool did not look all that strong. But no. then again, they had to break down Palace, who had just 10 guys back the whole time. Yeah, Liverpool didn't look very good. Uh, first chance of the game kind of came to Palace. Lerma had a shot saved on the post. Nearly goes in. Liverpool managed yeah. to Allison back out. for this one. Yeah, it's very important. And then there was a penalty call. Endo giving away the ball in midfield. And Van Dyke fouls Edward in the box. They reviewed it, called it back mm-hmm. for a foul on Endo. I thought that was fair enough. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, he he wasn't playing all that well and got subbed at halftime. Yeah. I think it could be a world we live in where that where Endo just had his one moment and it was a banger against Fulham to equalize. That might just be his like Premier League moment. But he's been a solid rotation guy for him in like Europe and stuff, I guess. So Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, other than that, Liverpool in the first half really didn't look very good like you were saying. Not much attacking output. Weren't even really getting it to the uh, the front three all that much, anyways. No, and this was definitely a heavily heavily rotated side uh, in this one. I mean, your boy who gave away a pen, uh, Kwanza, out there. Gravenberg getting a start. It it was very rotated to say the least. Obviously, Van Dyke, Brent. Um, Sabojalai and Mo Salah are the constant starters. And I mean, even Darwizi has found himself to be a constant starter for a good chunk lately. Obviously, Louis D. But still, that leaves a handful of spots that were up for rotation and clop. Liverpool are a busy team. For whatever reason, they seem to always play first on Saturday. So it's true. Got, he's got to get some rotation in. Yeah, that midfield of Endo, Sabozalai, and Gravenberg. Wasn't it? No. Klopp was not cooking. Yes, the anti-cook. Goes into halftime, nil-nil. Second half, first bit of action. Bonza, like you mentioned, followed Mateta in the box. After review, given. Interesting that this one was given. But uh, there was a similar foul in the Aston Villa Arsenal game that was not given. What can you say? A little VAR review, VAR giveth, VAR taketh. It's a mixed bag of no one knows. A little bit of uh, Premier League referee inconsistency. I've never heard of such a thing. A little bit of VAR. (laughs) Bad decisions. A little red card in my life. <laughs> uh, A little disallowed goal in my life. <laughs> Anyways, Mateta, Mateta steps up, converts a penalty. He says, I don't care that I have not done anything the whole year. I'm here to score this penalty. I'm here to score penalties, he Mr. Roy Hodgson. Uh, next. I think it was going through Roy Hodgson's mind when he did that. He's like, yes, this is how we drew it up. He's probably like, yes, this is where we forfeit the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of forfeiting the game, Jordan Ayew. It's like a yellow card. Yes, the 74th minute. Harvey Elliott. Minute. Rip. Yeah. You probably could just let Harvey Elliott go, but you say that and he scores a, a winner. So I mean, I thought it was a pretty soft 
Second one. Yeah, well, Second you know, yellow, you're but, an IU defender. But any time, any chance to see Jordan IU get sent off <laughs> is fine in my book, so I'll allow it. And I then just dropped to his knees and was like, with arms wide open. He was exactly. like singing, singing some hymnal. Yeah, I tell you what, shortly after, little Cody Gokpole cross, a little scramble in the box. Yeah. Mo Salah deflected goal. Yeah, once I brought on Curtis Jones and Harvey Harvey Elliott making the instant impact there. Gakpo two substitute coming in clutch there, and Liverpool push, putting on all the pressure. They get the the game winner in the ninety first minute. Harvey Elliott, nice run, move, shoots and. And he destroys the hopes and dreams of Crystal Palace. Yeah, well, it wasn't Sam Johnstone's fault because he got subbed off because he got hurt. So what can you do? It's true. What can you do? Yeah, a little bit of hectic hectic uh, finish to the game. Luis it was Diaz a weird game. scored but was offside, and then there was a chance, like, very last minute from a free kick. Joachim Anderson nearly getting something on it. But Allison coming up with the clutch stop. Finishes 2-1. Liverpool take home all three points despite not playing at their best. Why does Palace just refuse to play the Brazilian guy they bought for like 25 mil? Their Chelsea transfer? Some like young Brazilian guy? 35 years old yet. Okay. And he doesn't put in a shift on defense. Exactly. I Probably suppose. brings too much to the table. Uh, I'm surp- I think we'll be getting a Yarrow Riedewald sighting here pretty soon for Mr. Roy Hodgson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that wins takes Liverpool up to first place for the meantime to the 9 o'clock games. We have Brighton and Burnley, Sam. Mm, the one we were all licking our chops. So Just eager. Just waiting for this one. So eager. You know? Yeah, I just, I don't, I, I'll just never get DeJerby's rotation right now. It's, it's all over the place. I have no idea what to make of any of it. They can't it's like, stop. It's like maybe your team's not playing as well just because you're constantly rotating the team. Yeah. And again, they have a ton of injuries, but like there's guys on the bench right now that should probably just like start every game. It's like give them a run of like four games in a row, see what happens. Yeah, it's like no. For sure. You're telling me Jack Hinchelwood can't play two games in the span of four days? He just scored a winner. Lad. He just scored. The only guy who gets to play all the time is Van Hecke, and I don't think he's very good. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so getting into this one, slow start for Brighton. Burnley, looking the more lively side, looking a hit on the counter. Uh, first chance coming for... Pascal Gross, Trafford making a nice save. And then, you know, Brighton, as the half went on, they got a little better, started moving the ball a bit more, a little faster. That's, I think that's the key thing for Brighton. When the passes start slowing down, that's that's bad. You got to keep that ball yeah. moving. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's a lot of teams' issues with why they can't break down a low block is they just start going two miles per hour. It's like someone needs to move or someone needs to put the ball in the box. It's 
Someone needs to do something. This passing back and forth, not making the defense move. It's like it's not tiring them out. Yeah, do they something. can just stand there. Uh, but Burnley t- take the lead. Yeah. Oh, you had, you had other stuff. I was just going to say a couple chances for Brighton, and then, like you mentioned, Burnley taking the lead right before halftime. A rare attack for Burnley. You know, towards Burnley, the end I of the half. I thought the shot was not no- deflected. And I thought it was just a weird, like, looping shot. It was like a upper 90 chip, but it, it was deflected. Yes. Yes, indeed. Burnley going to halftime with the 1-0 lead. Thinking, Oda Burt. What a wonderful day. Yes, Oda Bear with the goal on that one. And then chance for a second goal, Mr. J. Rodriguez, who provided the assist on the first one, by the way. Um, yeah, he had a, had a chance after it. Initial shot was saved. That shot coming from Oda Bear. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. Uh, Verbruggen saved the the shot from J Rod while he was like laying on the ground. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Bart, big Bart, big Bart. What a lad. <laughs> After that, Brighton, Brighton piled really on the pressure. On. Yeah, looking for yeah. that equalizer. Adingra had some good moments, and then finally, Matoma had a good one too. Yeah, Matoma, he looked good after he came on. Great ball from Pascal Gross. He's been, you know, invaluable to Brighton. Yeah. Great ball from him to Adingra at the back post, heads across goal. Nicely done for the equalizer. And after that, of course, Brighton looking for the winner, unable to. Some fantastic goalkeeping from James Trafford. Made some nice saves, uh, one on Inchelwood and then laid on from Matoma. Matoma? Yeah. Yeah. Huge performance out of James Trafford. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely been Burnley's player of the year so far, and I don't think it's particularly close. He's what uh, what they have going for him. Yeah. Really stood out to me in this game. Yeah. Future Nick Pope, maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. And he's a young lad, Man City prospect. So, So another uh, disappointing result for Brighton. Yeah. I mean, what what else is there to say? It's just not the same team as uh, last year, but they're holding on, playing okay at best, but we'll see. Maybe, uh, a little healthier, but they gotta stop with this crazy rotation. Dejerby, he's losing faith in me, and people have not, people are not giving him enough shit yet. People are still like, oh yeah, he's a real good manager. They play great attacking football. You get when you're a small club, you get about an extra like six months before people realize like you're not what you were before. Yeah, like Wolves when they had Lodge, it was like people still were like, oh what Lodge is fired what and you look at the table it's like yeah they're like 17th and they can't score <laughs> like yeah they finished like eighth or ninth last year but they suck yeah and that's the thing with brighton this year is like they're not the same team the attacking football is not clicking as well and they're definitely way more leaky than they were last year in defense definitely definitely all right is burnley building something before we move on no Maybe just kinda... maybe just the slightest hint. I mean, they're getting J Rod cooking, so yeah, you know, and if it's he can, time. 
Yeah. I still don't believe it, but we'll see. I don't either. What what I do believe in is man use title hopes after this game. I believe in them. I see the vision, Sam. They're going to have the season. The title charge. The title charge. Let's get into Bournemouth it. Yeah. Are just, there's not much to say other than Bournemouth are apparently goaded now. They must have listened to the podcast and said, all right, it's time. It's time that we destroy these people. Yeah, I mean... Prove them wrong. The the main thing right now is they're kind of loading up the midfield a little more. And there's, like I said last pot, they're not... The levels between attack, midfield, and defense are not as wide or as spacious as it was before. You know? Their yeah. press actually does something now, unlike before. But it also helps when you get Big Dom Solanke cooking. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, let's get let's get into it, Sam. Yeah, let's. Early pressure from from United, as to be expected. But you know what, Bournemouth. This was this was some some peak Bournemouth, just efficient taking of chances, and they did that right away. Five minutes in, first chance of the game for Bournemouth, scored by Dom Solanke. But just a a nice little little flick on after some good press. Bournemouth. Bournemouth win the ball in United's third and I mean Lewis Cook like just immediately took one kind of long touch sprinting in and he was past virtually everyone near the byline swings it straight across Big Dom gets a flick onto it to the far post it's stuff like this where it's like I don't I obviously we know why Anana gets blamed but like there's nothing he can do about that United's defending is just so stationary at times um it just is not not good. And we saw the Amrabat kind of went back to playing like crap compared to the the Chelsea game. Mm-hmm. Where it, looked, it at least looked like tolerable. In this game, not so much. Yeah. I like how you put it. It, it was just way too easy for Bournemouth. Little resistance from the United defense on this one. Uh, after that, and also, I get the injury crisis, but like Luke Shaw at center back in this pretty much with Regulo and Adelo kind of playing like as the wider defenders. Like Luke Shaw at center back. What? Yeah. Good. Not good. Yeah, after that, United, again with some possession, they were getting it in and around the, the Bournemouth box, but. Uh, you know, not able to capitalize on their chances that they had. Which, to be fair, there weren't a whole lot. They just kind of lacked that, mm, that, no. that that final quality, that final pass, that final shot. Yeah, a lot of times it felt like it was the, the final pass. It feels like that's a lot of the case with Ten Hag's system with United right now just relies on kind of extraordinary play out of one or two guys just a moment of brilliance um it's not like it's the game that they played against Chelsea where they work the ball around and then they have a cross that opens up McTominay at the back post and stuff like that it's more so it's like oh we'll just pop a long shot again and see what happens it's like oh you're just gonna rely on 
wonder goals from Garnacho and stuff. I just don't like what United are doing. Yeah, sure. Uh, another warning sign for the United defense. Dom Solanke had a shot hit off the post before halftime. Goes into halftime. Second half, United continue to apply pressure. But, you know, I really like the work rate out of Bournemouth on this one. They were giving it their all. The defense looks much better. Sanessi back there, I really like. Uh, yeah, he's kind of fine. He's right coming into his own right now. I mean, he was supposed to be a super promising guy. He's one of those guys who's super good and, like, not super good, but he gets really good in, like, video games and stuff like footy manager and FIFA. So a lot of people kind of had, like, at least intermediate expectations for the guy. Uh, and he's really kind of coming on right now. Yes, indeed. Bournemouth get the second. On the counter. This time Tavernier puts a ball in for Billing. In the box. Scores. You know, nothing nothing crazy about it. Just well executed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, win the ball around midfield. You know? Swing it to the left side. Little Tavernier cross. Bada bing, bada boom. Phil Billing right there. Postering Luke Shaw. Yeah. Speaking of poster, five minutes later... Sanessi oh, from a corner gets the free header and seals the deal 3-0. Just a shameful day once again for Manchester United. And Bournemouth has to be said, what a run they're on here. They've really turned things around and they look like a completely different team. We talked about it in the last narrative pod specifically. If you ever have to get hot, the Christmas break time is the best time to get hot because you have so many games in a row. A lot of games. And if you get a flow, if you get a flow going, it's enough to keep you up. We saw it with Southampton for like two to three years before it went down. They just would get hot at like the best time of year. And Bournemouth right now, they've gone from what nineteenth, like six match days ago, to thirteenth. I mean, they're just moving up the table. They're moving on up. What can you say? Speaking of moving on up. Oh, boy. Sam, Chris Wilder, good meal. Chris Wilder, he's bringing them <laughs> back meal. up. He's taking them all the way. They're going to live. I was thinking about this, and I don't know why. I thought this one was when we broke down the game. I I just figured Brentford would be like one of the teams. Like if you made me guess who Sheffield's like second win was going to be against, who would be the team? Brentford would be one of the last teams, I guess, just because it feels like they can kind of grind it out against the shitty teams. No matter like who's in the lineup, they just are bound to have like at least a decent enough midfield and defense and stuff. But not the case here, apparently. Yeah, I think Brentford just getting to the point where they're. Dealing with so many injuries and, and guys missing, they got a real hodgepodge kind of lineup out there. Yeah, you um, don't need Godo starting and your boy Baptiste. Gudis and, and Yenelt as your fullbacks. And then you got Baptiste. Yeah, in isn't there. it? And what, and what is this Godos as like playing defense? Isn't he a striker? Was he not a striker the last like two years? <laughs> is that Brentford? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not They're a like, left back. They're <laughs> like, get back there, brother. Or right back, whatever he's playing. Yeah, he's a he's some fullback, some defender. 
Yeah. yeah, this game, Sam, there wasn't much going on except for the ball was in the middle of the field. This is exactly what Sheffield like tried to do every single game. Just like kind of keep the ball in midfield and it's like heading back and forth. There there really wasn't much going on uh actually in the game. Yeah, it was uh it was a game. That's for sure. It was a game. Yeah. I mean Nothing really happened until the 27th minute when uh, Ahmed Zovich or what's his name? Ahmed Hadzic? I don't know. The yeah. the Bosnian lad uh, pulled Pinnock down and there was no call. I was like, that that was about it. Although I guess there was at the Onyeka challenge that went far too. Yeah, somehow after, but... only got a yellow yeah. card. Yeah, and the refs kind of like justified it in a way. It's like, oh yeah, no, not that bad. It's like, really? It, it it was studs. It was studs right on his ankle. You mean the commentators? What did I say? You said the refs. The yeah, well, same thing. They clearly didn't <laughs> think it was that bad either. <laughs> they clearly like, ah, who the fuck cares? Yeah, it was weird though that they they kind of brushed that they one. Played it off like it's like, yep, yeah, no, they probably had another game on their phone or something. That's True. what I would guess. True. They know no one's actually watching that except for yeah. two people. How you feel for Mark Fleck and having to deal with McAtee? He did not expect that out of Sheffield. He heard that they were a bad team, and he was not ready for that goal. You know, James McAtee, he was one I was saying earlier. This guy, he's all right. He's all right, and he showed it. 45 minutes, grabs the opening goal. Nice curler from the top of the box. Sheffield taking the lead, big lead going into halftime. Second half, uh, there was a chance for Soleimani. Came on. Yeah. Couldn't put it past uh, Flecken. Didn't know who that guy was. Got a lot of. You know uh, what? He, you know what that reminded me of is when Lester bought uh, the uh, different Slimani. spelling stuff. Yeah, Soleimani yeah. from like Porto or whatever. Yeah. Remember that guy. I do remember that guy. They're just like, yeah, Jamie Vardy, we actually don't need you. We got this guy. And then he was trash. And like, okay, maybe we need you. Pretty rough. Brentford in the second half. Very poor in possession. Didn't didn't look uh, very No, Brentford chasing the game is kind of tough because it feels like it's just going to come down to a set piece a lot of times. But... I mean, they did have a comeback earlier, not that long ago, against West Ham, so it can happen. But West Ham, um, you know, they play a little more open than Sheffield. Sheffield getting one goal, it's like they got to shut up shop. Except for the Tottenham game. They said, let's pass the ball around and keep three strikers on the field. That's true. Paul Heckingbottom, uh, masterclass. Absolutely. So, anyways, this one ends 1-0, Sheffield United. Is there something there, Sam? No. They're going to get a win this week. <laughs> Who do they play this week? Uh, we'll get to them. They played Everton this last week. Played is a loose, a loose definition for that team. Oh, uh, Charity FC's back on the <laughs> menu, boys. Yes. Uh... Brentford, anything to say about them right now? They are uh, 
you know, people are talking about like Newcastle injury crisis. I mean, the state of Brentford right now is pretty rough. They don't even have like people to really bring off the bench in terms of like attacking subs. No, I'm wondering if the Ivan Tony sale will be a blessing for them for 80 mil and they can just reinvest it in like three guys. Three, yeah, three just like cheaper guys. Yeah. That might be their best bet. Um, let's move on. Let us. Yeah. The the uh, the Joe Darby, our good friend Joe, is a big Wolves guy. Has a soft spot in his heart for Nottingham Forest as well. And they played each other this week. They absolutely did. And there was honestly the first half was pretty decent. Second half was, eh. Yeah, I thought but, it had uh, you know decent energy to start the game. It was kind of back and forth. Neither team really establishing themselves. Uh, yeah, I thought I, th- I actually thought Forest looked a little better early on, not by much, but a yeah, little better. I thought edge. Wolves. Yeah, I thought Wolves didn't really have much in attack going until their goal. For the most part, they had like one other chance, but Forest was able to kind of turn Wolves over a little bit. They do get that early goal from Harry Tuffalo. Nico Williams, who I, I, I'm just surprised that he didn't really work out as well at Forest as uh, we would have thought. Well, now he is his redemption arc because he finally gets to play. So, yeah, I suppose uh, floats one at the back post and Tuffalo. I mean, the the full back connection that's amazing. What is there to say? That's the new Forest way, full back to full. Forest are going to sack Cooper, but they're going to keep that play style, and they're going to bring in Antonio Conte. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Conte ball uh, to Nottingham. Yeah. Uh, Wolves equalize about 20 minutes after. A little Lamina to Sarabia down the right. A little cut back. Plays it into Cunha, side-footed home. You know, and the goal really reminded me, and we talked about it last week too, but it's like, how simple Gaz O'Neill keeps his playstyle compared to like when they had Laj and Lopetegui and it's like so much passing and then there's like a lot of stand-up crossing and stuff like that. And it's like all it really is is just kind of playing some one-twos and cutback passes, you yeah. know. Yeah, It's very simple. Stuff. It's like how Bournemouth played last year. It works. It's effective. Yeah. Yeah, it's just simple. Less is more. Yeah. Um, Trying to think if anything else happened in the first half. There was a chance right at the end. Kuyate uh, had a chance, but after a mm. mistake from... Yeah, Kilman. From Kilman. Saw him making yeah. a stop. Wolves a little sloppy. First goal was uh, due to a giveaway from, from Totti Gomez. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes into halftime 1-1. One, one. Second half, like you said, not as... Exciting as the first half. Yeah, Alanga uh, hit the post. Yeah, um, possibly off. But he was off. Yeah, he was off. Or they, so they say. So they say. You never know these days. Yeah, and then Toffolo had another chance from close range, but he put the header over the bar. Kind of back mm-hmm. and forth. Junya had a chance saved. Matt Turner back in action, back between the sticks. Yeah, I mean, save. I don't. I don't know what you want the 
the Greek man is no no good. No bueno. Always rely on the American. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much that happened in the second half. It was kind of a boring, boring second half, to be honest. I guess Forrest, if you had to pick a side, definitely looked the better side. But, you know, when Forrest are holding the majority of possession, it's not... It's never going to be a, a a thrilling, thrilling game. Inter- well, majority of chances, not possession. Mm-hmm. I beg your pardon, but finishes 1-1. Is apparently enough for Cooper to keep his job. If he loses this week, is that do you think that's curtains for him? Let's see who are they playing? They play Tottenham tomorrow. Tottenham? No, I don't think you could sack him for losing to Tottenham. Okay. I mean, I guess it depends on. They do have a cuckoo owner. The manner. The Greek. The Greek man. Yeah. Yeah. If if Angel Ball just six nils them, <laughs> which you know Could can't happen. rule it out. Yeah. Uh, for Wolves, a little drop off as far as as far as a result and performance. You might, I'm sure, certain Wolves fans probably went in thinking they'd win that game given Force record. But when a team sometime has been so bad that their backs are against the wall, it's just not possible. To beat yeah, that team for whatever reason. I think that's that's a frustrating thing is, you know, Wolves going into these games, you, you want to see them win this game, you know, building. against Sheffield United. It's like the games they should win, but, you know, they either lose or draw. So still work to be done. Yes. Two, the final Saturday game, Villa, Arsenal. Sam, it was a doozy. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a game, uh, kind of a hectic start. Both teams, you know, trying to figure things out. Early goal comes, John McGinn, just uh, capitalizing on Zinchenko getting pushed way too far forward, and then you know not yeah, being was, able to help. It out was such a such defense. a nice break by Villa. Going forward on that, Bailey doing a real good job getting in the box and then a little cut back. Good turn by McGinn and just an absolute blast. Yeah. After that, Arsenal was definitely the better team for the rest of the first half. The frustrating thing was that their passing was just really poor. A lot of overhit passes. Uh, yeah. And then they had some chances that they didn't capitalize on that they really should have capitalized on. Yeah, they they weren't tame chances, but the way they took them, and they they weren't super uh, super threatening. Yeah, so that was frustrating. Second half, it just felt like Aston Villa did a good job of neutralizing Arsenal, and then also kind of you know not allow Arsenal to get into any sort of rhythm, just in terms of. You know, making substitutions at the right time and and disrupting the flow, and then you have Mister Time wasting himself. Emmy Martinez, obviously putting in the hard yards on that one too. Some controversial calls, potential penalty. I thought uh, could have gone against Villa. I forget who it was. It might have been Kansa. Uh I'm not sure. 
That sounds right. I mean, the main thing that was like I was worried about for Villa's perspective was that they were gonna like crap all over themselves, given the fact like off that one corner when it was like Ollie Watkins touched it, didn't touch it, and it like went off Martinez and almost went in the net and stuff. Mm-hmm. It just felt like they were about to like give the game away to Arsenal at times. Um, you know, and they they were relatively threatening. Like, did you feel like there's a chance they were just going to break at any given moment and make it 2-0? Yeah, I mean, especially when once they brought on, like... Um, the Abbey. The Abbey and Jacob Ramsey. It's like, okay, these are some, some good subs, and you're bringing on Matty Cash and Moreno, too. So definitely still bringing the energy. It yeah. wasn't like a park Moreno. Moreno had a huge tackle. Um, I forget who... It might even been Matty Cash who kind of fluffed it, but uh, Moreno stepped up and had a huge, huge play in like the 80th minute or so. It, It's just good play by Villa as of late. They're just such a deep team and yeah. Emery does such a good job setting them up. Yeah, for sure. They have had a very strong bench. You know, not everything that could be said for all the other teams that are dealing with their injury crises is at the moment. Villa in a good spot, especially at home. They had the fans rocking, as always. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I guess it just comes down to that final disallowed goal. Kai Havertz, you know, some hands in there. Maddie Cash, you know, ultimately goes in the back of the net, but was disallowed. I the hate right it because there's... I hate it because it's just, there's nothing you can do. It's kind of like the Sterling against Tottenham situation where it's like he scores, but like before it happened, it took a little bobble up and hit his hand. But it's like, if it doesn't hit his hand, he doesn't maintain the ball there. And yeah, it's goofy, but yeah, it's the rules. Uh, if Kai Havertz would have, well, first off, was it Inketia who actually scored it or Havertz? I think it was it, Havertz. Okay. And then, you know, they were saying that it, if if Enketia scored it, it might have been different. It counted, yeah, because you're not allowed to score the goal, like right. it Havertz, it hitting Havertz's hand, which doesn't really make any sense. Like, yeah, it's know. a handball or it's not. But right, right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Villa get a huge win. They hold on. Defense looks strong. Arsenal still played a pretty solid game, given the fact that the thing. You know, they've beaten United. They've beaten City. They still haven't looked all that sharp in the games against the big teams this year. Um, they, they've they looked, obviously, better than their opponents and whatnot. This was the first one where I thought, like, this, you could argue, might have been their better best performance out of all those games against the big teams. Yeah. And they come away with a, a 1-0 loss. It just didn't quite bounce their way on the chances. Even think about something like the Martinelli chance in the first half. Mm -hmm. It's like he he gets it around Martinez, but like it gets cleared. Like if he just has a better finish, it's, you know, one, one. Yeah. And Odegaard had a big chance too. And he just, uh, drilled wide. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it happens. I'm not worried. And not to mention Villa are insane. Is it 16 at home? 15. 16 in a row? 15 in a row at home. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, no no reason to be 
too sad or upset about that loss. I mean, they've obviously beat City and Tottenham just recently as well. So, there's, tough place there's, to go. There's nothing to be sad about when you're me, and you tell Sam that Everton's the club of the future, and he doesn't listen. And he just doesn't <laughs> listen. They are uh, popping off. They are the club. I saw this one tweet that was like the Premier League is like, these are the hottest teams. Look at Bournemouth are officially the hottest team. And they didn't have Everton in there. And it was like five games played. And Everton, I looked it up because they have 12 points in five games. And that would have put them as like the second hottest team. I'm like, why are they not in there? <laughs> they factored in the 10-point deduction. They're like, all right, two points. Yeah, but that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> part of their five-game form. Like, why did... That is just terrible. They're hot. They are on fuego. And they're going against Chelsea, who they just stink. Especially on the road. Definitely not the club of the future. No. Potentially club of the past. Yes. Um, they're, on, they're on that brink. And now we're getting rumors about certain guys might be leaving who just came into the project, which is hilarious. Need more um, transfers, bro. What a... I think I blocked this game out of my memory. I mean, Chelsea looked fine early at times, but I mean, would they have like two half decent chances? And it was like one was a 25 yard rip from Cole Palmer. Yeah, Enzo had like, one like right off the bat. And then it was kind of a bit more Everton. They looked pretty good to start the game. Uh, yeah. yeah. Jack Chelsea. Harrison had that really good chance. Just a blast. Big save by Sanchez. Yeah. Chelsea just looked I, like they had like no cohesion. Well, that's what happens when you bring in a whole new team and they don't play together, even though you had a whole summer with the team. Um, We were talking about this, and I thought it was kind of interesting off the pod. Is Bobby Sanchez Chelsea's like most successful transfer under the Todd Bowley era? Even potentially, like to, even like the last year of the Roman era, like given what the expectations were, I feel like everyone else has been at least somewhat of a disappointment. No, yeah, probably. <laughs> Bobby Sanchez is actually playing like a a top five goalie this year because he's cut out his Bobby Sanchez. Well, he hasn't cut out the mistakes; they just haven't led to goals like they were when he's at Brighton. Um. Reese James forced off with an injury. It's we talked about it last week, where it's like he's in his Bay Area stage now. Everyone's like, "Oh, it might actually be the case." It's like, yeah, he's. You know, we're not far ahead of the curve, Sam, but we're we're a little ahead of you know what uh what people do, what people think. Yeah, I mean he he's gonna have surgery on it now, which I don't really know how like soft tissue stuff you have surgery on, but just tie it back together. Apparently. Um, Ashley Young, who somehow could not get cooked by uh, Mudrick. Mudrick kind of torched him once or twice, but it resulted in nothing, and they subbed on Nathan Patterson, and Everton immediately looked better. Yes, uh, blessing in disguise for Everton. Yeah, halftime, nil-nil, second half. Uh, low counterattack. Broya, who looked like absolute trash. Uh, losing possession. Well, Dwight McNeil 
running forward. He's cooking, plays in uh, Calvert-Lewin, whose shot was stopped by Sanchez, rebounded right to Ducore, who, I mean, what can you say, Sam? Ducore and McTom are such odd guys because it's like the idea that you're supposed to be not necessarily a six, but like an eight that's a little more defensive-minded is kind of what we're always thought of them as. But now they just come out and they score goals. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, a team like Everton is perfect for a guy like him. You know, as opposed to United, it's like you don't you don't necessarily want a guy like that when you're United. You know, because yeah. that means you're, the rest of your attack is kind of meh. Predicated on, like, him and what he does. Because certain guys could be pulled out of position and then you're... If they hit a counter, you're screwed. Yeah, but you know what? I really like what Everton got going on. Dwight McNeil, Jack Harrison on the wings. Yeah. You know what was really good this game was uh, Mikalenko. Actually looked really yeah. nice. Probably one of his better Premier League performances, to say the least. Uh, uh, Bobby Sanchez goes off hurt. That could be huge, and that might be the one signing that Chelsea actually like have to do something to at least bring in like one other... Keeper. That might be their only reasonable, like, we have to sign somebody. It's like, okay, yeah, you don't have enough goalies. That's fine. But uh, Everton end up sealing it with a goal off the corner. Um, it deflects out to Dobbin, and he hits a rip. Everton, too hot. They're up to 17th place on 13th points. If they didn't have their deduction... They would be sitting in 10th place. How about that, Sam? They're cooking. They are cooking. They absolutely are. I wish Chelsea would uh, switch Gallagher and Enzo Fernandez. I think you mentioned this. It's Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Enzo is clearly like an eight that's a connector, and Gallagher should just be running around forward. Now there's talks they might actually sell Gallagher. And by Paulinho, and it's like, well, then who's you're just gonna have Enzo be the ten? I don't know. It this is whole this whole thing is very, very confusing to me. And this whole thing about Pochettino should be blamed for a good chunk of this, but the whole idea of like they can't break down low blocks, and this is I knew it, and this is why it's an issue. It's like, how about you score in the first thirty fucking minutes? Like, whenever Chelsea do that, they at least have a chance. Like, these teams don't come out, Sam. And it's not like Arsenal, where bad teams, like, are immediately packing, like, eight or nine guys in the box. Like, teams play pretty open against Chelsea, no? Yeah, I think so. To start the game? It's not... It's Once they score, it's like, yeah. Then people are gonna sit back. You know, that's the mm-hmm. nature of the game. But maybe try to score first. I don't know. And it's not like they don't have these chances where they have odd man rush kind of situations on the counter. Yeah. Apparently, Nkuku's going to play this weekend. He'll probably uh, re-injure his hammy because that's how Chelsea do things. Bring guys back too soon. But uh, we shall see. Sterling on the bench in this one. Jackson on the bench. They actually sat Thiago Silva, who's not going to be uh, renewed for a contract this summer. Yeah, I think and now, that's, and now, that's fine. And if you 
want to see before we move on, but Chelsea's like just they don't know what they're doing. They're apparently going to sell Ian Matson now after they turned down what a 28 million pound bid from Burnley in the yeah. summer for him. We got to see what we have in him. You don't play him. Yeah, we're going to sell him. <laughs> okay. Good meal. Good meal, Chelsea. Uh, what can you say? Yeah, I was surprised Sterling didn't come on at halftime. Just do given something. How, how how bad Chelsea looked in in the first in attack half. specifically. And, and it's just as weird. Like you have guys that I feel you, like Palmer is better as just a false nine. Like they should just roll with that and not have Broya. Yeah, or he he's Jackson always he's always trying to push more centrally, and then you just have like three guys standing in the same position. You need some some guys who create some width, like some true wingers, actually. Ukraine Bolt. Ukraine Bolt. He didn't have it this game. Uh, he gets the ball like three times a game, and he sprints into like a guy for two of them, and then the one time he actually gets to the end line and has a nice cutback and something goes wrong. This game it fell to Enzo Fernandez who couldn't get a shot. Let me tell you about getting shots, Sam. Fulham. Fulham are getting shots. They keep getting shots. Lots of shots. I. We should have just really bought in once <laughs> Tom Kearney. Once Tom Kearney and Iwobi got Iwobi, to play yeah. and Harry, Harry Reid got to play. Like We should have said that we bought in, but it kind of came out of nowhere when Silva was just like, oh, these guys are going to play now. It's like, oh. Yeah. Okay. This one, too, I heard after the game sounded like there was some illness going around the uh, West Ham squad. I have the illness when watching West Ham and Aguirre is out there because he, he's stinky poo-poo. He's, he's looking rough, man. Should, he, I think he's like... Uh, talent is still there because we've seen it at times. Yeah. I think he's like ultimate, ultimate low confidence. Yeah. Like it's just he might need like a loan and he could come back and be okay or something, but I don't know if they have to fully sell him, but they gotta loan him out or something. Something's gotta change. Yeah, a lot of mistakes. Lot of also mistakes. West Ham's bench is really funny. Whenever they show it, it's like Maxwell Corne, Danny Ings, Ben Rama, uh Ogbana, Carher. Emerson in this one like I don't know it's just like an assortment of guys where it's like it feels like they left West Ham yeah <laughs> but you associate them with West Ham but yet they're still on West Ham it's a very weird team it's like the island of misfit toys yeah it's like <laughs> what is this guy um yeah I mean starting off Fulham had some early chances Sam uh yeah right off the bat and it felt like hmm this this uh, doesn't look too good for West Ham. Although, I mean, I guess West Ham even had a chance on the Ward Prowse free kick, but it didn't really do do a ton uh, for them. Yeah, West Ham they just they just looked slow. I mean, they were getting beat easily in midfield. Uh, yeah, sometimes West Ham's midfield is like really just. Not not good at all. And I think four nails in there this game was kind of a what? And it, it didn't really uh, work. Yeah. Sushek didn't have the best of games either, but it wasn't, you know, you can't expect him to play lights out like he kind of has been this year. 
for a good chunk of the season. So mm-hmm. just a totally off game. I'm still on the Lucas Paqueta should sit probably like three games. I don't like him. I'm fine. I'm fine with him just sitting right now. I think he has talent there. I think that he just has to take a break because it's not going right now. Yeah. It's not. I don't care for him at all. Well, he almost went to Man City, so they could he could be on Man City right now instead of uh, Matthias Nunes, and he could be wasting away on that team. So exactly, just think, just think about that. Exactly, yeah. Well, let's get into the goals here. Twenty second minute, Fulham get the first one. Polina putting a great ball in for Raúl Jiménez scores with a nice header. He's making us look bad now at this point. Yeah, he is. He really is. Nine minutes later, William adds a second. Iwobi's initial shot. His save falls to Pereira, who's crossed to flex off Iwobi, and then falls to William at the back post. Yeah, the classic, like, he kind of flicked it through, but also he's trying to get out of the way, but it could have even been, like, a shot. It it was very weird. Iwobi just, like, he couldn't recreate that if he did it, like, a hundred times. But it goes right to William, and he slots it. Yeah. And then before halftime, 40 minutes in, Tosin rising up. Young Tosin. Free header deflected on by uh, Sufal, but I don't think that really made that much of a difference. It was pretty good no, header by Tosin. No, it did not. Yeah. Goes in halftime, 3 0. West Ham at this point, fully cooked. Yeah. Let well, me tell you about fully cooking. Harry Wilson coming on at halftime gets a goal. In the 60th minute, gets an assist in the 89th minute. Uh, yeah. Could easily had two goals, but that go- that goal by Harry Wilson, the 60th minute, I mean. That was the icing have, on the cake. Have a fucking pint of that. What a beauty. Just blasted. Fabianski, nothing you can do, lad. Yeah. And that goal in the 89th minute, like you were saying, Harrison Reed just pinging a ball forward. Up to yeah, Wilson. I don't remember who was out of line on that one. If it was Kazuma was off by that. Maybe it was Ogbana. Ogbana was just like in like the worst possible spot, and it got dinked over his head to uh, Wilson, and then yeah. Wilson just lays it off to Vinicius. Yeah, very easy, very easy uh, goal there for the number five Fulham once again scoring five goals. Big 5-0 victory for them. West Ham will want to forget that one. Yeah, that was uh, one to move on if you're West Ham. West Ham sometimes are just like so, just look so bad. When they don't look good, they just look like really, really bad. It's like, oh my gosh. Makes you question them, and then they turn out like three or four games later, and it's fine. But... Fulham, Fulham are fully cooking. Harry Wilson. There's a world in which Harry Wilson could get a move to a, a bigger club a little later on. Yeah, I think he deserves maybe Liverpool, to start. Maybe Liverpool buy him back. Comes kind of like a once-in-a-while player for them or something. Who knows? Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> I could see it. No, they buy bad players who are unproven. It's true. They don't, they don't buy a young Harry Wilson who's popping off. That's true. All right, moving on to the Ken Luton versus Man City. 
the million pound team versus the billion pound team the thousand pound team versus the <laughs> trillion pound trillion team pound more team. like it okay yeah fair enough fair enough yeah this one city with some early chances loading early on i thought uh luton had a decent press going on for a bit there but then yeah they looked fine i mean man, they'd man still lose the ball and stuff yeah. yeah, they still lose the ball, and they couldn't really, you know, hang in there City when City had possession and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, definitely what you could is. see, you could see the difference Rodri brings to this lineup. He just, you know, made things tick out there. Yeah, I mean, Rodri still, even though he missed so much time, and he's been kind of coming off the bench as a sub for the last like game or two. It's like. I mean, he should still be up for player of the year for how much he matters to the city team, in my opinion. I don't think it's really close. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, it's got to be said, when Luton scored, it was Ross Barkley cooking up to Townsend. Senior. Yes, Townsend Senior. I mean, what else is there to say? That's the connection. That's the connection. Ends up heading it in. But how about that? Ross Barkley. Man, Chelsea should sign this guy. They could use them. <laughs> Bring him back. The return tour. He's been great, honestly. 100%. Yeah. Townsend puts across the back post for Adebayo rising up very nicely. Score the unexpected goal. Take the lead into halftime. Second half. Man City laying on the pressure. Ruben Diaz hitting the bar from close range. And then finally they get the equalizer. 62 minutes in. Rodri glides with Lockyer in the ball. Falls to Bernardo Silva. Throws one past Mr. Kaminsky. And only a couple of minutes later, City capitalize on a mistake from Bell. And Grealish marks his return with a goal. After that, uh, only thing of note I really had was Jacob Brown probably should have been sent off. Another tackle, yeah, kind of similar to the Onyeka uh, one, where they somehow decide that's not a red card. He he like jumped into I forget, who it was. but uh, yeah, it wasn't good. That one yeah, finishes two was... one. Did he? Yeah, get the win. I'm I'm still on the this is not the same Man City side. I don't care. Having to squeak one out against Luton is not very convincing to me. That's true. Can't be denied. I mean, it took a, you know, weird almost handball situation, kind of amazing play by... Alvarez in transition to uh, get that second goal. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. But with Rodri in there, it's definitely a much better team, like you said. Yeah. Speaking of much sure. better team, Newcastle, much better team at home than on the road. And I'm thinking they might be, uh, you know, home merchants, perhaps. Well, I mean, also have to consider that 
they're the injuries the injuries but, you know. of course of course they're you know they're getting uh in that champions league welcome they finished fourth in their group last in the group and what do they have to show is a bunch two, of injuries first time two english teams have ever finished bottom of their group shame shame on these teams yeah uh, newcastle and well newcastle significantly less because it's a tough group that could have gone either way <laughs> But man, you in a group with Copenhagen and Galatasaray finishing bottom of the group. Shame. 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 Uh. Also, Dubrovka in this game, just like, why is he not slicking his hair back? What is he thinking? That's exactly what he was missing, man. Gives him his power. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, this one, Tottenham, they were just cooking right off the bat, Sam. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I got you know Newcastle did have a a pretty good chance. Um, who was it? Isak almost had it happen. Yeah, almost a, a great saving deflection from uh, Ben Davis. Ben Davis might be their best center back, <laughs> and I don't think it's. I think it's a discussion that should be had. Yeah, Newcastle definitely had some chances despite. You know, Spurs dominating possession. Obviously, Spurs a lot more chances, but Newcastle could have made it a different game if they put away their chances that they did have. Yeah. It's not talked about enough how much it matters to score first, but, you know, what can you do? They do get a goal from your boy Udogi. 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 Him and Son kind of linking up. Mm-hmm. Nice passing sequence. Son getting uh getting behind the defense, little square ball on the ground, new doggy near post, rips it, make it one nil. Yeah, really nicely worked. Tottenham just kind of giving Newcastle some trouble in the midfield, bringing the extra guy from you know Udogi pushing up into that midfield, and then Filiszewski kind of rocking into the ten position. Newcastle could not handle that whatsoever. No. They no, they couldn't. 2-0 in the 38th minute. This time, also Son getting the assist, gets the better of Trippier, finds Richarlison, who acts like he just won the World Cup when he scores from close range. Well, I mean, he virtually did. So He virtually did. Give him the credit. I don't know. I don't know what you want to say. More chances after that from Spurs. Goes into halftime, 2-0. Second half, Spurs at a third. Pedro Porro just kind of floating a ball up to Richarlison. Then Dubrovka out in no man's land. Richarlison finishes off for the brace. Uh, Get a penalty late on after Sun gets in behind. Dubrovka bringing him down. Then converts the penalty to make it 4-0. Newcastle get a late consolation goal from Joel Linton after a bad giveaway from Hoiberg in his own. Yeah, that was that play by Hoiberg was absolute insanity. Man didn't know where he was. Man was tipping over. Man's didn't know what sport he was playing. Truly. Yeah, I mean, good result for Tottenham. Good performance by Tottenham. You'd like to get the clean sheet, but what can you do? 
um, when your player just literally tips over for no reason. Uh, Newcastle, Eddie Howe, he's got his work cut out for him, but now, yeah. hey, they don't have to focus on Europe at all. It was a good bounce back for Tottenham, but also probably the best time to face Newcastle. Yes, absolutely. All right, are we going on to next week? Yes, into it. Perfect. We got a Friday game. Right, the same team we were just talking about, Tottenham Hotspur, going to the city ground. Uh, yeah. I mean, this will be tough. I don't think it'll be as easy for Tottenham as we would think, but also Force have been struggling mightily. Um. I do like the way Tottenham's midfield is still playing as of right now. We shall see how this goes. Uh, I'm definitely leaning Tottenham. I'll go Tottenham 3-1. Yeah, I feel like Tottenham will kind of just do that same thing. Dominate possession. Still probably give up a chance or two on the counter to Forrest. Uh, but I think they'll, I think they'll take it 2-0. That sounds like a good one. Bournemouth Luton. At yep. the Vitality, Bournemouth are rolling. Luton. They're rolling. They can fight with anyone. They'll scrap with anyone. What does this game speak to you, Sam? What is this game? How does it move you? How does it make you feel? Well, I think hard not to pick Bournemouth, especially at home against Luton. We'll see. We'll see if Luton can... Put up a good test, maybe a better test than uh, Manchester United. I think I it'll be. It. Uh, I think it'll be three-one Bournemouth. Yeah, I'm gonna go with three-nil uh, Bournemouth, and I'm gonna go with a, uh, a Semenyo hat trick. Oh, the prediction! Yeah. The prediction! Yeah, what do you think about that? All right, next one: Charity FC, Chelsea. Versus Sheffield United. How how did Chelsea win this game, Sam? I don't... I just don't really see it. They just realize that Sheffield is not a good team. And they just win. I just don't... I don't see it. I Chelsea is just not... They're not to be picked for a little bit. They have to prove some stuff to me. Against these bad teams. I'm going to go Sheffield 2-1. to one. See, if this was me, and I was doing this to Arsenal, saying they were going to be get beat by Sheffield United, you'd be like, you're just saying that. Anti-jinx, Sam. anti-jinx, anti-jinx. Sam. I have to say it back. Sam, Chelsea. Chelsea win. 12th place. Chelsea They're win 2-0. They're 12th place. They can't be trusted. I I will wager on this. Let me, you talk about the next matchup, Man City's game, and I'm going to look up the odds for the Chelsea game. Man City versus Crystal Palace, the next one. This one we were talking about Roy Hodgson. (laughs) There's not much to talk about with that one. We were talking about Roy Hodgson, talking about how maybe they should just forfeit this game because uh, they don't have any players and he doesn't want to play youth players. That was... I know it's a meme, but that is a great meme. The idea of a manager coming out, like, talking about forfeiting. Now, was that game. fake? 
Did yeah, I it was fake. I I fell no, for I, fake news. Yeah, but it it's so funny. I fell that for it fake news. It seems like I'm part of the problem. It does seem like something he would say. Tottenham's uh, minus one forty-five tomorrow. Oof. Why are there no odds on the Chelsea game? Uh, because they the know you're gonna bet the house. The yeah, the action's too heavy on this. I'm gonna have to look this up. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, there's not much to say. City, another get-right game for City, but Palace, you know, for whatever reason, they've kind of been the stickler club for City. But uh, yeah, that is true. You know, I I just can't see it. I'm gonna go City two nil. I was gonna say two nil as well. Newcastle versus Fulham. Sheffield's plus thirteen hundred. Sam, there's plus thirteen hundred. Put Plus your money where you Put your money where your mouth is. Oh, I will. Maybe a maybe cool a uh, maybe a Fulham plus three twenty. No, you can't Fulham won't beat Newcastle there. Maybe a maybe a Bournemouth Sheffield parlay. Uh, what are we doing, Newcastle Fulham right now? Yeah, well, Fulham score five goals at St James Park. No, but it can't be ruled out. Uh, I like the way Fulham are playing right now, but Newcastle at home is just a different animal for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, Fulham's defense doesn't, I don't know, it still doesn't feel that super trustworthy. It's their attack and midfield that's clicking right now, not necessarily the defense. So I'm going to go uh, Newcastle 2-1. to one. Yeah, I think Newcastle will bounce back. I think it'll be a, a close one. I think 1-0. Okay. Uh, Burnley-Everton. I can't believe Everton's favored to be Burnley at Turf Moor. And the only reason really? I say that is I feel like... I mean, me personally, I feel like Everton are going to win this. Like, convincingly. I just feel like, you know the public might have a little more faith in Burnley, but apparently not. I don't know. I not don't, anymore. I think you're a little disillusioned in that. Maybe I'm just so... I just am trying to speak better odds into existence for Everton. <laughs> yeah. But Everton at plus 115 is pretty solid. I feel good about that. Yeah, that's trying to... Maybe, a, maybe an Everton-Sheffield parlay. All right. Uh, I think Everton will win that one probably 3-0. 3-0. Oh, I don't know about that. I think it'll be a little closer than that. I'm thinking more like 2-1 to one or 1-0. One we'll go... Uh, we'll combine them and go Everton 2-0. Okay. Arsenal-Brighton. Sunday. At the Emirates. Now, is this is where Brighton actually pieced it together and put in a good performance for You Wolves? know what? You know what's funny? I actually had that feeling in my gut because Arsenal's kind of slip-up team has always been Brighton for whatever oh, reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes no sense. Uh, it's just so hard to predict it because I don't know what the Jerby's going to do. It's like the Jerby felt compelled to take over for Hassenhudel. And just, like, put a random lineup together. Exactly. He's like, yeah, I spun the wheel, and this is what we got. Yeah. We got Buenanote up top. It's like, what? Where's Evan <laughs> Ferguson? Is he hurt? No, he's just on the bench. Oh. Okay. 
Yeah, we got Matoma on the bench. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> oh, we didn't even have a Europa League game this week, but that's all right. Uh, I don't feel you're right. It it definitely feels like a slip up game for Arsenal, but I'm gonna go with two one Arsenal. I'm thinking of Jorginho penalty. He gets subbed on in the 90th minute, like a pinch hitter, to take the penalty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say two two. That's fair. Brentford Villa. Villa on the road at Brentford. Brentford kind of looking stinky, but this could be one. Villa sometimes, when they're on the road and they're playing out of the back, sometimes it just does not go well for them. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, man. I just think the current situation of Brentford... Too much to overcome? Too much. Villa are deep. You know, maybe maybe Brentford get to halftime nil-nil, but I think the second half will... You know, Villa can bring on five good subs. Brentford definitely can't. So I'm going to say 2-0. Uh, okay. I'm going to go 1-0 uh, Villa. Wolves-West Ham. What are you watching for in this one? Yeah, I feel like West Ham will probably... They've got to play better than they did against Fulham. I mean, if everyone was sick. I would hope so. I guess we'll For their see. Sake. Maybe they're still sick. I don't know. Uh, Wolves. We'll see once what what they can do. West Ham will probably sit back, so that doesn't really suit Wolves' play style. You know, they want to run in transition and whatnot. So I think it'll be probably pretty tight. Maybe a one-one. Oh my gosh! You read my mind. I am also going with a 1-1 draw, Sam. Great minds cook alike. Yes. And then to round off the week, we got Liverpool and Man U. Yeah. Interesting game. Liverpool, not all that convincing in their last game. Obviously, United, not convincing whatsoever. But you've got to give the advantage to Liverpool. Obviously, sitting in first place. Uh, I mean, it's you never know at the Derby games, but yeah, last year was seven nil. I feel real good about Liverpool. I will go with a a three nil thrashing, and Ten Hag is uh, officially in a game by game um, mode, to say yeah. the least. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's it'll be closer than you expect. Okay, I, I mean that's what happens with these games. United, like they didn't like Chelsea looked terrible in the game they played, but that you could tell the United players were up for it. Yeah, you know, so I would expect that that'd be the case for the Liverpool game that they'll be up for it and they've been playing better um, than they would against say, you know, obviously they played like shit against Bournemouth, but what's another team they played recently where they didn't look so good. I can't even think. Well, you have right to now. go so far back because Newcastle, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> Newcastle. Manager of the um, month, player of the month. Yes. So, yeah, I three nil feels good. I still trust Liverpool the most with the title stuff. So, yeah. Any prediction from you for this week? Uh.
I'm gonna say that uh, James Ward Prowse scores from a free kick to equalize David Beckham's record. Wow. How about that? There you go. I love it. All right. Well, until next time, adios, mis amigos. Keep on perusing. Bye.